But today's topic is on that very subject. We're discussing the Asbury Revival that I'm sure uh, any of you have hold up. A lot of you guys have heard about it. Uh, and just a brief overview of it, it's there's this college in Kentucky where people were, were worshiping God. It started as a prayer meeting, I believe. And then it just lasted for like a week or so. And, and, and it blew up on social media. It blew up on mainstream media. Everybody's kind of talking about, is it a revival? Is it not? And then unfortunately, typically what, what we do in this church is we start going after each other. And it's not, we're not looking at, we, uh, we just find ourselves sometimes not looking at the, the glory of God, whether or not the motive is there or not. The fact that people are pro proclaiming Christ on a national scale, now a worldly scale, because people are coming from overseas um, and we're focusing on whether or not it's God or not, you know, and, and, and of course that's important. That's not what we're saying, but we need to be rejoicing and we are commanded to test spirits and hold fast to what is true, not condemn everything as soon as it comes. And we, we kind of had a pre-discussion about this yesterday and it just reminded us a lot about the Pharisees when Jesus came and that, that Pharisaical spirit of not missing the point right dad you said yesterday that's a good point we're, we're are we missing the point with this asbury thing and uh danny i just wanted to ask you like i like in our pre-discussion yesterday if you asked me so somebody asked me is this asbury revival a good thing or a bad thing i would just immediately say well hey danny you've got a daughter coming on the way she goes to college do you want her going to pray for seven days straight or do you want her to watch the grammys with that that show right. with, what's it what's his name you know and and same yeah. thing dad I, I go ahead i was just saying no i definitely have her pray that's for sure it's probably I mean, why, why are we missing the point here is there is there false people in there a hundred percent there's going to be some false motives in there this is earth planet earth like the, we we have we're a fallen species and dad i'd ask you the same question is it a good or a bad thing? Is people coming to Jesus, praying for seven days straight for, under the banner of Christ, is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, I think the, that's question is pretty self-evident for most people would realize that uh, to seek out God or to, to be turning toward him or at least trying to, to see, you know, who he is and what he has to offer. I think that's a good thing no matter what. You know, I think most most people would agree with that. I mean, you could take unbelievers and ask them, hey, you know, well, is it, let's pray to God and they'll, they'll be right there with you. You know, even though they may not know nothing about God, they'll, they'll, they'll feel that that's a good thing to do. So, yeah, I think that's pretty self-evident. I, I believe that uh, there's nothing new under the sun. I believe that the, the reactions that we see and experience are no different uh, now, even though the circumstances are different because the nature of man and the battle that's going on behind the scenes hasn't changed I mean, it's still going on. So the way man reacts to things and, and, and the issues that he has in his own heart and stuff like that remains the same, even from those, those days back, like what you were talking about, that pharisaical spirit can, can arise in people, you know, just like it did back then. A pharisaical spirit, for those who don't know, where it's not an actual biblical term, it's, we're describing the Pharisees from the Bible. And, uh, and the Pharisees were the religious group that were were whatever motives they had they thought they were defending god they thought they were doing the right thing jesus god was right in front of them and they completely missed the point they they were focusing on these man-made traditions okay and they were missing that god was right there 
And that's what this reminds me of when we're going back and forth. So to keep this in context and clarity for the listener, we are not talking specifically about what's happening at, at Asbury more is what we're talking about the reaction of the church right now and, and what that means. Uh, dad, why, why are, are, is there a separation between this two? What is the separation? Like, what are the two sides? Let me rephrase the question. Sorry, Dad. What are the two sides mainly that are disagreeing on this on Asbury? Well, I, like I said, I we were talking about this before that uh, I think the issue is really just more of a control issue. Who's in charge? I mean, people. We want to. We want to. Uh, instead of being servants of the living God and just be witnesses for Him, we want to control things. We want things to be the way we want. We want to, to get in some way. If we're going to admit it, we want to get glory out of it some kind of way. We want to be named. You know, we we want to be the one. You know, I mean, I guarantee you there are probably people out there that see this going on and say, well, wait a minute. Why didn't this start in our church? Why, why, why didn't we have this? Why is it starting up there? You know, I mean, that's what I'm just saying. I mean, we want that sometimes because that's, again, those selfish type motives are the same. It's no different. I mean, just like you gave that example just a second ago, John, to Danny, asking him that question about his daughter. Well, let's put it in what happened back then. What happened back then with the Pharisees? What we're to, to demonstrate the type of spirit we're talking about. Look what happened back then. Jesus would go in, take, t- take a man who had not was blind since his birth, would heal them, would heal him so he could see for the first time, or or heal a lame man that couldn't couldn't walk for his entire life. And the the Pharisees would say, you can't do that on this particular day. You got to come back on another day and do this. This is the type of thing we're talking about. That's why I said there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, that type of spirit, that type of thinking was even back then. And and what I mean, look, compare that right now to Asbury. OK, we're worried about the claims of of demons getting cast out, people praying, people speaking in tongues and the, and the spiritual gifts that are happening at Asbury. We're pointing. No, 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 no. Those are because this. Just, just for context, for again, for the reader, there is a group, a half called cessationist, and they don't believe that spiritual gifts are anymore. Spiritual gifts are tongues, prophecy, you know, dreams, vision, stuff like that. Some of these things are being claimed at Asbury. And then there's the other side, which is, what is it called, Dad? Conti- I don't uh, know what don't, the other, yeah. the other side believes that we still have spiritual gifts to this day. And, and that's, so that's just so you know what we're talking about, the little disagreement. And see, they're worried about the the cessationists are looking at this and they're saying they're they're seeing thousands of people proclaiming Christ and praying for seven days straight. And all they're doing is saying, well, you're there's no such thing as gifts anymore. There's no such thing. You said something about a gift. No gift, no gift, no gift. And like they're missing the point. The uh, passage my dad was just discussing about Jesus healing a blind man who had been blind his whole life. Oh, no, no, no. You can't do that because we don't heal on the Sabbath. Missing the point. And that's what I I pray that we all don't miss the point here. Somebody is is going to hear about Jesus that wasn't going to because of this. Okay, somebody heard about the gospel when this thing started because of this. Why are we focusing on whether or not there are spiritual gifts or not? What are we doing here? Why do we continue to put God in a box? And I think dad nailed it. It's control. We want control of it. We want our name in it. We want our chip in the bag. You know, we want a part of it and we can't just let God do his thing. Selfish, greedy, mm-hmm. entitled yep. individuals. Why do you think they want it? 
what is it they want, Danny? Well, I mean, what are they deep down? Think about in our own selfish hearts, because we can all relate because we're all sinners. All right. We're all selfish. We got it down there. Deep down, we got it. What are they trying to get? Like, what are they doing when they're pointing? What do you think, Danny, that they're doing when they're pointing at these people instead of just rejoicing that Christ is being proclaimed? What's the goal? I mean, there's, what, there's, there's a lot of things that I could say, but I think that maybe envy. I think that that would be a good start. Um, yep. they, they, they see that their lives aren't where they necessarily want to be where they think it should be. Um, they're jealous that maybe somebody is stepping into a new life with that, that comes with so much joy, peace, struggle, no doubt, but joy, peace, and people want that, but they're not really willing to go through such a submissive change. Yep. You're getting there. I think that that, that, that would that's be That's it. Part. You nailed it, Danny. That's it. They are, they have got, and we do this too. Listen, when I'm saying they, I mean, we replace it with, we, we are all in the same boat here. This is a battle. I choose to fight it. I, I choose not to ignore it. I choose to pray and let God help me get through it. But this is, this is something we do. They've got a set regiment or thing that the way that they have a relationship with God. Right. And it doesn't include these things. And when they see a massive revival that doesn't involve what they're doing, they don't want the change. So they're envying the excess at the same time as they don't like, we don't have to do that. I don't want to go pray for seven days. So I don't have to do that. And of course, nobody's saying, nobody is saying you directly have to do it, but it, it does come from that whole, I see the fruit from this. I'm not a part of it. So instead of rejoicing, I am going to pick it apart. You see what I'm I'm trying to get at? That's that's a, a real good point. Dad, you you had some verses. Like, what does the Bible say about this matter? I mean, isn't that what we we need to do when we say test spirits? What do we test them against? You know, what's the Bible say about what's happening with the the church's reaction to Asbury? Well, the reason why I said, uh, you know, again, we tried try our our best to to let the Word of God be our guide and His Spirit and in, in His truth. Because when I say it's a control issue, that wasn't just something that popped in my mind. So, oh, yeah, that, that's what what's going on here. I mean, even Jesus said that. We gave the examples about what the Pharisees did to Jesus when he was just healing a man. And he told them a parable one time speaking about this very issue because he knew what the issue was. And I don't know if you remember, I, I didn't write this scripture down, but I was just going to speak it, that he told him about a, a, a landowner that sent his son. And he said that yep. the people who who he rented the land out to, they got mad. And then what did it say that they said? They said, this is his son. We'll kill him and get him out of here. And then the vineyard will be ours. So he was yep. using that as an example to show them that, you know, who I am and you want control. You don't, it's not, it's not even an issue that you want to control. You want to get rid of me. You know, I'm the son of the living God and you want to kick me out. So, so what I'm saying, it's not my opinion. That's what Jesus said. That's what your issue is. You want control. You think it's yours. And this is one thing I would say to all those, anybody out there who's trying to condemn, trying to control. I'm going to tell you something from the spirit of God. This is his church, not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the living God. It's his church. 
He's the one that died for. Jesus is the one that died for his bride. He's the one that did this, not you. So remember that anytime you get ready to start trying to say, oh, well, I want this and I want that. Remember, it belongs to him. It don't belong to you. And then you can step back. You can rejoice. And when you see the things and say, thank you, Lord. Hey, you're, 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 those things are coming forth that you always wanted. So, but remember, it belongs to him, not us. The arrogance, the That's arrogance right. there. I mean, look at the arrogance. Look at, and we've got to bring this up. We talked about this yesterday. We've got to bring this up. If this is God working at Asbury, right? And, you, and we talked about this a lot. This is a big deal. And, I, and this is, what, like I said, I was convicted when I thought of this about the things that I question in my own walk. If this is the living God working at Asbury and you were saying that it's not, and you were saying that it's something else, that's not good. And that's very arrogant. Air, you Are you 100% sure you got God? You got God's radar tracker and you know where he's at. Are you 100% sure? then that's a bold claim, people. We got, And I'm saying this because I prayed right when I got convicted for this because it hit me hard. Like, well, I've got to be careful. Lord, let me control what I'm saying and thinking. Like, th this is God, and you're going to push people away? He doesn't play. He doesn't play for 99. He doesn't play for one. Remember, if one person does not come, one lost sheep does not come to Christ because he, they didn't check out Asbury because of something we said, what does heaven do? If heaven rejoices when they're safe, what do you think they do when they're lost? What does God do throughout biblical history when people get between him and his children? I mean, it's just bold. It's arrogance with what my dad's talking about. This is God's church, not your church. We are lucky that he is a loving God, and we need to remember that every single day. And then the arrogance to proclaim that you've got God's GPS, and you know where he's at, where he's working, and where he's not working. Boldness. That's arrogance, almost like right? trying be, I'm trying to be some some high judge, some God, some deity. Like, no, we, we don't know. We don't know where the spirit is or what he's doing or who he's manifesting into. Like, we don't know that. So we can't be just throwing around these strong accusations or make it seem like we know something. We don't know. We do not know. And that's and hard. We don't know that we have no right to even open our mouths. That's we need to just stay silent and pray about it. Pray about it. Lord, if this is true, then praise you. And I'm going to believe that it's true because I know that at least one person there has come to come to you and surrendered his life to you. So I'm going to praise you. But if this is not true, Lord, then shine your light on it and let all the lies come forward. And he will. Why, why, why do we do this? We're scared of that question you just said I, or that statement you just said. I don't know. We're scared of that. But if you know everything, then where's the faith? God says it's impossible to please him without faith. This is a life of faith. So sometimes you're just going to have to say, I don't know, but I trust you, God. I trust that you promised you will turn everything good, everything for the greater good, for those are called according to their purpose. I know that you said that. So no, I don't know what's going on at Asbury. Praise God that they're proclaiming Jesus and not Satan like they did at the Grammys. Praise God yeah. they're doing that. And I'm going to trust God and I'm going to do what I'm commanded to do and test the spirits. Test the mm -hmm. spirits with the Bible. Check your Bible, people. Don't just jump on a bandwagon. I'm not saying I'm not saying either way. Don't jump on this bandwagon. Don't listen to Danny. Don't listen to my dad. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to anybody. Test everything. It doesn't say test the spirits that you kind of agree with. It's test all the spirits, every one of them. And we do that by knowing the word of God. We do that by knowing his promises. Yeah. And we have to have that kingdom life mentality because the heavens rejoice when one person 
comes to Christ. Amen. Why can't we? Why can't we praise God and be happy that a, a lost brother or sister has come to Christ? Like, why mm-hmm. is that so hard? It makes no sense, and it's so selfish. And that's what bothers me, honestly, more than anything. Well, Jeremiah so covers can't... it. Jeremiah covers it, and this is quick. This isn't a statement. This is just what Jeremiah said. Our heart is desperately sick. We got to realize that we're selfish. It's envy. That's why we're not rejoicing with our brother. It's a deep, it's a sick heart. Walking in the light means we admit that and let God work on it. That's it. Yeah. A lot Dad, of you're times, about to say something. Yeah. I think we just don't have, uh, we need to have a heavenly perspective. Like I said, for, for those who, who claim to be Christ, it says that he seated us in heavenly places with him. We need to have a heavenly perspective. We need to see the overall view. And I think one of the biggest problems that people get into, even if they're sincere, is they get caught up in that immediate moment. And they're just looking at that. And they can't see the bigger picture like God sees the bigger picture. We we just see that. Just think about it. When, when they were getting on to Jesus, they couldn't rejoice at someone being healed because they were caught up with the day. They were they were worried about their law in that particular day. Oh, you can't do this today. So they, right, they they couldn't step back and see that. Wait a minute, a blind man got healed. They couldn't see it. They were blinded by by, by their immediate moment. The same thing. They look here. They think that oh, it's our responsibility is to make sure all these people are walking straight. So they get in the moment of this. They can't rejoice at the good things because they're caught up in all only thing that they can see. If they could come up and, and sit in the heavenly places and let God show them, let me show you the big picture, my son. And then you could see the whole thing. You could rejoice, like Danny said, at the good things. You could rejoice at the at one person being set free. You, you're not caught up with that immediate thing, realizing that God's in control. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the thing we got to understand. Yep. Amen. Dad, we got some... Uh... What, 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 again, back to the testing spirits, what let's go back to the Bible. I love the parable. I love that we're using. This is what we, we need to do. And, and this isn't a Bible study per se, but everything should be. This is a conversation. We're trying to equip you with some ways to look at it and we need to look at it biblically. Uh, so as, as prefer, there's a couple times in the Bible where, uh, and, and, you know, the verse we should start with that is the one that, to go in context of what you were just talking about. Uh, these people staring at, you know, trying to make rules for people rejoicing. Uh, what What is the verse that it's, uh, I think it's L- Matthew. Yeah, Matthew is the one. Let's go to, go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. Right. So keep in context that we've got people that are, they're pointing fingers and making rules for these people who are rejoicing and praying and glorifying God. This is what uh, Jesus told. Tell the context, Dad, of the verse before I read it. Like, what was happening? The one in Matthew is, uh, hold on, let me see, because we got two different ones. I want to make sure I'm talking about the right I desire compassion and not sacrifice. Right, yeah, that was when the Pharisees were, um, uh, Jesus was walking with his disciples. They were just going from city to city, and they were going through the the fields, and they were picking grain because they were hungry. You know, they were just walking, fellowshipping, picking grain. Well, it happened to be on a Sabbath day and, and the Pharisees seen him doing it. So they started condemning him. You can't do this. You're not allowed to do this on the Sabbath day. And so Jesus had to stand up and rebuke them and tell them, you know, and basically he's just saying, look, I made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. 
and yeah. basically told him, <laughs> told him what I just said a second ago. He basically told them, look, I'm, I'm the head of the body here. I'm the son of the living God. I made the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, you're not going to take, it goes back to that control thing. Like I try to tell people it's his church, not ours. It belongs to him. You know, when he does something because he's righteous and true, it's always going to be the way it should be done. And basically he rebuked to go back to the story. He rebuked the disciples. And, I mean, the, the Pharisees and told them, you know, that you don't understand the truth about God. And he gave him an example in the Old Testament about when David went and did something illegal according to the law and ate the showbread that was was not allowed for people to eat according to the law. But he told him he he just showed them an example where he was allowed to do that. And God didn't condemn him for that. So what, he was just giving him that example. But the key point of it is that verse. Just read that verse about what he told them, John. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For there I did not go. come to call the righteous, but the sinners. There you go. That's the and key. How, and if if I was going to tell any of these people, this is what I was saying. Go. Just like he told them. What did he say? He said, go. He said, I desire compassion and not sacrifice. And then he told him, go and learn what this means. You, you need to understand. It's just really what we're saying right here. We need to understand the big picture here. We need to understand what, what really the heart is behind this. And that's what he was telling them. Go and understand what, what I'm trying to tell you here. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. So no matter how much you think your truth needs to be applied here for people condemning this, you need to step back and say, wait a minute, what does God really desire? He just said it right there. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. Apply that to Asbury real quick, because I want to keep this on your mm -hmm. heads. Okay. So Asbury, these things are happening. People are praying for seven days. They're laying out, they're proclaiming Christ. That's what's happening. Okay. In Jesus's time, what was happening is blind were being healed. Lames were walking, lepers were being healed, dead were being raised. That will, that's what was happening, okay? Just like Asbury's having theirs, the disciples were having these. Instead of the fairies rejoicing at this all, what were they doing? They were picking, they were following them around. The whole, all four gospels, all they did was follow him around looking for violations, looking for violations. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. What are the people, when you watch this on social media, what are they saying about Asbury? What are they doing right now? Are they rejoicing? I'm not saying everybody, but I'm, I'm talking to ourselves. Are we rejoicing for that? Are we stopping and looking? Wait a minute. People are praying for seven days. Christ is being pronounced on a national world, a global scale. Wait a minute. But are we, are, instead, are we following Asbury to picket stuff? Picket stuff. No, you can't do that. No, you don't speak in tongues anymore. No, we don't do that. And, and this is so relevant and so easily tied together. And it's obvious that it's a, it's a pharisaical spirit. Absolutely. Anything on that one before we move on? Good. You love Jesus, Danny? Love Jesus. <laughs> it's always a good icebreaker. Right hey, there, that's the it? point. That's the main point, isn't it? I mean, if we just love him and realize that he's in control, man, I tell you. It makes a big difference right there, you know. Imagine peace. We don't know. This is peace beyond understanding. Imagine if you really, I know we say it, what if you really just let go? You just let Jesus. I mean, I'm not talking about just walk around with a blindfold. I'm talking about you just didn't worry. You did not worry. Not kind of didn't worry. You didn't worry. And you let God handle his stuff. You let him. You trusted him. 
with your life, with your kids, with everything. That is peace. If you really mm -hmm. did it, because as I'm saying this, I don't do that. That's so hard to do. That's uh, It's a battle every day to get myself in that mindset. And some things I just don't. Some things I still have to I hold on to and I want to let go. So I want you to know this is not a proclamation of being perfect. This is admitting that I'm not perfect. That's what this whole life is about. But off subject there. Uh, so the next verse is Paul has, no, we're going to take, we're going to see one where Jesus rebukes someone for if, whether or not it's a motive or a good motive or not at Asbury, does God want us to condemn them? Does he yeah. want us to pick them apart? Let's ask God. Okay. Cause that's what we all should do. Yeah. And that will start with John said to him, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons. This is, by the way, this is Mark chapter nine, verse 38 uh, through 42. Please read on your own. John said to him, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. We tried to prevent him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, do not hinder him, for there is no one who will perform a miracle in my name and be able to soon afterwards speak evil of me. Think about this. For he who is, a, think about this was my ad, okay? That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't Jesus. Uh, for, for, I keep forgetting this, the podcast. Jonathan's for he, version. <laughs> for he, he who is not against us is for us. I mean, this is what God said. God said it. Okay. Let me repeat that. It's Mark chapter nine, verse 40. For he who is not against us is for us. Okay. Now let's, we, he, God through Paul also had the same, had us, had an approach on this. There's nothing new under the sun. Okay. This is Paul with the early church. It's already happening, already happening there. What's happening right now in front of us. And it's Philippians chapter one, verses 15. And uh, I think it's 15 through 17. Some to be sure are preaching Christ, even from envy and strife, but some also for goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I appointed for the defense of the gospel for the former proclaim Christ, proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. Okay, so right here, he is saying there are people. Okay, let's just apply it to Asbury and let's just fill it in with Asbury, okay? There's people right now with selfish selfish motivations at Asbury for Christ. They're proclaiming Christ for their own selfish ambitions. That's happening. So what do we do, God? This is verse 18 for the answer. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in this, I get mad. Make a, nope. a video. No, that's not what it says. <laughs> in this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice. He hits a double there. Okay. He's like, in case you didn't hear me the first time, we rejoice when Christ is being proclaimed. That's mm -hmm. the answer. You know, it's just sad that you don't see people are able to rejoice when someone, you know, uh, is, is set free or whatever the case may be, even if it's just the simple fact of them, them considering God versus considering other things in the world, even if it's just that simple, if it, yeah. I mean, just think about it. Just like we said, that's why Joe was saying that. I mean, Hey, we could spend our time uh, with all kinds of worldly things, but even if the fact that our attention for one moment is captivated by the things of God, that's a good thing. That's not it a bad is. thing. <laughs> right. Another sad part about it is that some of these people are Christians. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why we yeah. bring up the Pharisees, because a lot of times it was those that those were the ones were condemning everything. You know, mm -hmm. the people of the world that were standing around were actually able to appreciate what was being done. You know, right. they seen it and they could rejoice at it. But the, the Pharisees, because of, again, that control issue, they couldn't yeah. step back and enjoy and rejoice at what was really taking place. Mm -hmm. it was sad. So, so you guys understand the Pharisees were uh, they were they were proclaiming to serve God, which which the same God that Jesus is. That's who mm -hmm. they were proclaiming. They were waiting mm -hmm. on a Messiah, the same Messiah mm -hmm. that Jesus is, was, then, is now. But to them, mm -hmm. in that context, they proclaimed to serve and be waiting on him, but they were missing him. So just so you know, that's when we're talking about Pharisees, that's who they represented. They right. represent the, the pharisaical spirit in this day and age represents Christians, proclaiming Christians that are just, they're, they're, they're nitpicking just like this, and they're missing the point. I'm not saying all of them. I don't even know. But we just got to be careful that we are not missing the point. That's that's what we're trying to get at. Yeah, and and I think John, you hit on the on on that verse that we just went into in Philippians, where Paul was talking about that, and he was he was he's still speaking. Notice he wasn't walking in denial. He was saying that, hey, I know there are people out there doing things with wrong motives. So he's walking in the light. He's not walking like oh everything is perfect he's not saying that he's just saying that i'm going to rejoice in the good things of god i'm going to rejoice that god's will is being done despite the the ill motives of man that's what he's saying again see why i say it's a control problem because god i mean he, he was able to say that because why he knew god was in control no matter what man was trying to do god was in control that's why he could rejoice and he said, hey, you know, God's going to take care of this. If there's somebody out there with ill motives, he'll deal with those people with ill motives. But, you know, at the same time, I'm going to rejoice that his word is going out and that people are hearing it. That's what he was going to rejoice at. Yep. Danny, what would you say to someone who is thinking about this? I want to go. I'm looking at this Asbury. I don't know what to think about it either way. Well, how do you approach that? Pray. Pray about it first and foremost. And when you pray and you've decided you're going to go, what, how do you how do you approach this when you're going? What do you what are you doing when you're there? What's your posture when you go there and you're looking receive, and you're listening to receive to receive all that he has, all that he is, coming to the light, coming to salvation. You know receive that, that or deny, test. Right. Yeah, you know when you pray okay. and you decide to go, test. Do everything with love and do everything with discernment. That's the yeah. point. You don't don't discount anything before you go. Don't listen to any man. We have already shown you that men are selfish, including myself, including us. Yeah. So we got to trust what God said and trust his spirit to lead us. That's why he gave it to us. It said the spirit. He said the spirit was given to us to guide us into all truth. So if we have that spirit and you believe that, why would you stray away from this? What this is happening? There, you know, so many people. So, yes, if you're asking me and you decide to go, go with a, po a heart posture of, of love and discernment. Like I want to, God, if you're here, I want to see you. Why can't we just say that? Why do we, why does it have to be our way? God, are you right. there? We should be running to this. God, is this you? I want to know you. I want to see you. And I'm sure that's what's happening at Asbury with some people. And they're finding God because he, he already promised that. It right. doesn't matter if God started Asbury or not. 
He promised in his word, if you knock, the door will be opened. And so if you go to Asbury and it's a false motive Asbury and you seek God, he's going, you're going to find him. So why would we try to shut this down? So and my closing, and I'm done after this, is, is we've got to be careful. Hey, that's what I want you to take. Here's my takeaways. Be careful with what you say. Remember, if it is God and you're saying it's not, that's not, that's a big deal and it's biblical that it's a big deal. So be careful. Don't be arrogant. You don't got a God GPS. You don't have one. You don't know what he's doing. You don't. You don't. You may know when he's working in your life. God can do whatever he wants. Okay. God can do it when he wants to do it, where he wants to do it, through who he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, dreams, visions, tongues, quit putting him in a box. And people that are putting him in a box, I would say that you look at them with discernment and you listen to them with discernment because I'm not saying they don't know truth. A lot of them do know truth, but unless the truth, whenever these certain things are brought up in their truth, they, they miss the point. That's the problem. And we don't want you to miss the point. Something beautiful is happening in Asbury. Now it's exploding to other colleges. We need to receive it and rejoice. Paul said it twice. I rejoice. Yes, I rejoice. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the final thing I'd like to just say would just be uh, just give an example again of what the Lord said. There was a there was a situation one time when Jesus and his disciples were going to another town and these people did not receive them and they they treated them bad. So a couple of the disciples said, hey, Lord, you want us to call fire down on them and burn them up? And what did the Lord do? He turned around and rebuked them. And said, you don't know what kind of spirit you're from. He said, the son of man came to save men's lives, not to destroy them. You see, he, he had to tell them, what, you, what, what kind of spirit are you walking in? And this is, would be my encouragement to those, to, to someone who is being judgmental or feels like, in, I, I know in their mind, they're feeling that I'm doing the will of God. I got to set these people straight. I got to tell them the truth. But you've got to ask yourself, like he told the disciples, what kind of spirit are you from? Because I came to save men's life, not destroy them. So ultimately, that's what we're talking about. We got to speak the truth, yes, but in love. Like Danny said earlier, in love. What is your motive behind what you're doing? You see, that's what I'm saying. We got to realize that. And that's what I'm saying. He said, Hey, he, he wasn't being ignorant. He knew what the people, he wasn't condoning the way the people treated him. He wasn't condoning that, but he was saying that I didn't come to destroy men's lives. I come to set them free. And if you, if you realize that, then you'll be able to rejoice when things like that are happening. Always check your motives. Always. Why, why, why do you want to help these people by telling them the truth? Is it for, because you want to save them? Or is it because you want to destroy them? Where is what spirit you working out of? It's excellent verse. Uh, that verse is Luke chapter nine, uh, verses fifty four through fifty five. So check that out too. Uh, Dad, you want to pray us out? I know we are wrapping this thing up. God bless everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope it blesses you. Yeah. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time of fellowship again. We always rejoice to be in your presence and just fellowship, Lord. Lord, we, we realize this is your church. This is your will that's going to be done. We just want you to be rejoicing, Lord. We want you to be satisfied. We want you to be uplifted. That's our goal. 
is to see that you, because we know that you're righteous, Lord. And so whatever you say is to be, will be. And Lord, we can rejoice in that truth, Lord. We rejoice in anyone who will be turning from the world into you, God. We, we can rejoice at that no matter what, Lord. We just want you to be satisfied. And, and we rejoice in your name and in your love, Lord. Help us to be brothers and sisters to one another. Not to be judgmental, but to love and be slow to speak. Slow to anger and quick to listen, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well.